Okay, so I guess we'll start with the with the big announcement that uh, Ricardo got fired from Montero, uh, Monero, Monero Ethereum Alliance. It's because of the Enterprise Alliance joke that he made, right? <clears throat> that I made like three million years ago. Two years. Well, you, you know that in, in corporate environments, things move slowly, so... Yeah. Yeah, the Monero Enterprise Alliance never forgets. I heard you're joining Justin Sun. Yeah, so we're thinking of rebranding it to Tronero. <laughs> but you didn't announce the announcement. That's like a major faux pas. Well, I don't know if you noticed, but a few days back, Justin Sun said there's a special announcement coming. Surprise. Oh, oh okay. No, 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 You're right. No, it all makes sense. But he, he says that every... He, the great thing about Justin Sun is he says that every couple of weeks. So you could literally like, you know, craft anything you want. Well, he's also donating like a million dollars every week. So <laughs> or once a month about. <laughs> I don't know. I wonder if those people ever get the money. Shame. No. Apparently that, that one time he promised the guy the Tesla, he never got a Tesla, but he got uh, the uh, amount in uh, Tron. No, he got a conference ticket, didn't he? Yeah, he got tickets to the conference. Yeah, but, but also the amount in Tron, he said later. Oh, eventually? Yeah. So he waits He waits until Tron goes up because of his grand announcement, and then he settles his promise. <laughs> Something like that. That's why there are the announcements. So, Ricardo, you're now jobless, homeless. Living in the jungle. Should we start the episode before we talk about that seriously? <laughs> <laughs> well, we already started. Okay. What? I thought we're done. Let's start the show. No, we haven't even sung, sung the song. Okay, fine. Start the show. Magical crypto. Magical crypto. The best thing to do is simply to huddle. Magical crypto. The best thing to do is simply to huddle. What's a young pony to do in a sea of shady ICOs? Alliance courage can light up even the darkness of shadows. Unlike the corporate suits, the whale panda is wise. A chicken dreams about the moon while soaring in the skies. As Bitcoin sees new all-time So we're still here with me, Well Panda. Uh, Charlie Lee is back in his old place, in his bunker on the ground. Um, Samson is in his office. And Ricardo is somewhere in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> After he got fired from Monero, he went on a spiritual journey to discover himself. <laughs> no, I'm in the jungle on hiding. So that, that the, the Monero Enterprise Alliance doesn't come after me. For all of my meat. And by meat, I mean Monero Enterprise Alliance token. Well, the advantage <laughs> is that you cannot have a boat accident there. Uh, there's a gigantic <laughs> river behind me. Uh, <laughs> to say. Okay. Anyway, so um, now a word from our sponsor, uh, Bitstamp. I use Bitstamp actually all the time. This, is, this, this, was, this part was not paid. Okay. So why don't you do the advert then, Well Panda? Other than that part, everything else is paid. No, because they, they actually asked... Uh, for you or your uh, Samson? Really? No, oh, they want Rick. No, guys. Oh, they want Rick. This is the real reason Rick left Monero. <laughs> to focus <laughs> on doing ads. His new career as a voice actor. Totally unprepared, guys. I was prepared for the crypto steel one. Now I'm unprepared. But we're doing all three of them in this recording session. I know. Okay. <laughs> you, you, with MCF Raw, and you better smell what the bitstamp is cooking. <laughs> 
Bitstamp is the world's longest-running Bitcoin exchange and Europe's largest by trade volume. They've been providing the liquidity that's kept Bitcoin going since 2011 and now offer trading of the five biggest cryptocurrencies by market cap. Over 4 million traders choose Bitstamp because of their reliable service, proven track record, and commitment to support the growth of the crypto industry. From OGs to first-time investors, everyone can find the tools they need at Bitstamp.net or by downloading Bitstamp's top-rated standalone trading app. Now featuring everything you need to open an account, connect your bank, and stay on top of the market while you're on the move. And they have hats. And they have hats. It's actually quite amazing. I just realized when you when you said it, it's, it's the world's longest um, Bitcoin exchange. <laughs> Hasn't died. Right? Longest running. Longest running, yeah. Running, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, before that, it was... It was Mt. Gox and Trade Hill, right? I don't remember anything else. Yeah. But both of those are gone. No, I think BTC China too was in there until it's gone. Okay. Was it, was BTC China before Bitstamp though? Uh, there's a debate. We never settled it. <laughs> I don't care to settle it now because <laughs> I'm gone. But it was either the rock trading, BTC China, or Bitstamp. It's all very close. Yeah, but only Bitstamp remains. So it's actually, it's it's quite amazing. No, the rock. The rock is still here. Three enter, one leaves. What's what's the what's the rock? I've never actually heard of that. Dwayne Johnson. It's a European exchange, Italian exchange. I li- literally just spoke about the rock. You know, I mean, like, would you pay attention? Are you talking about the the actor? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> he has his own trading platform. Did you guys know? Oh god, I just call him Dwayne. Yeah, of course you do. Yeah, all his friends call him Dwayne. I call him D Dog. <laughs> <laughs> We're not supposed to advertise other exchanges when we're advertising a specific one on the episode. I'm advertising an exchange that no one's heard of, so it's fine. Okay, so Ricardo, now seriously. Tell us the story behind the exit scam. So this is the story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. Um, no, I, I think like, um, it's, it's, been a, it's been a long and difficult um, and fun journey. But I said in early 2018 that I was uh, going to start stepping back. I started in 2018 by stepping back from the GUI and from the website project as lead maintainer. And I committed early 2018 to stepping back from the CLI um, as lead maintainer when we got Gideon builds working across all the platforms. And we do now. So there's um, it's not that there's no need for, for me to continue. It's just that it's I think it's good. For, for me to step back and further decentralize things. That makes sense. And how much did you manage to get out of it? <laughs> Odd question. No, I mean, that's every single... Gold, golden parachute. Yeah. Every single Monero that I, that I have or had before the boating accident, I got through mining or through purchasing. So Okay. But after a boating accident, you printed more Monero for yourself. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Using my magical... Using my magical Monero printer. I think it's time for an ad. Uh, this would have been a, a smooth, a smooth uh, conversion to like the Vitalik selling 100k. But okay. Um, <laughs> oh wait, wait, wait. Let's do that then. Let's, wait, no, let's do it. Yeah, let's go right to the Vitalik selling. Yeah. So speaking, speaking of exit scams. <laughs> so the, the, there was now a uh, couple of articles and was some news that uh, Vitalik actually sold and the Ethereum Foundation sold in total 100,000. Ether at the all-time high. Sounds familiar. Selling at the yeah. all-time high. No one, no one ever does that. So, um, Charlie, what, what's the difference between Vitalik uh, selling and you selling? We don't like Vitalik. Charlie's Asian. 
<laughs> um, well, for one thing, he didn't tell anyone until two years later. So ah, but but the, then the idea is to, to, his address is public. So if you wanted to know or if you wanted to follow his dumpings, you should have put uh, you should have checked it. You should have uh, put a notification on it or something like that. I don't want to follow anyone's dumpings. <laughs> <laughs> but I assume no one did, right? So, I mean, we didn't find out about it until two years later. Another thing is, um, I mean, even if he did, he, he transferred it to an exchange. Doesn't mean he's selling it, right? He could be, just be trading it. <laughs> he could, he could be right? very bad at cold storage. <laughs> Plus, you don't know for sure if he transferred it to an exchange, right? Or he could have transferred it to an exchange and shorted it on leverage. Or longed it. Or loaned it out. Right? He could have used it to... To buy to buy more on leverage, also, so you don't know for sure. Um, the other thing is, I mean, these coins were um, pre-mined, right, for the Ethereum Foundation and for for Vitalik. So, oh, it's it's totally different. It's different from like Fluffy Pony and I. We just bought and mined our own coins, but didn't really print coins for ourselves. So it's it's quite different, right? And also, the Ethereum Foundation had is very, um, it's not very transparent at all, right? As a foundation kind of centralized where they pre-mine coins, they should be very transparent about how many coins they're selling. At least Ripple is pretty transparent about how many, how many XRP they're dumping every every month, every year. Yeah, they, they tell you before they dump on you. I almost think that, um, that like the Zcash Foundation or Zcash uh, Founders Reward model is better than Ethereum's pre-mine model. Um, I mean, you know, everything's suboptimal, but um, but certainly like the, the Zcash uh, crowd have at least tried to make some effort at transparency, you know, to 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 their detriment in some instances. That's true. Yeah. It's actually quite amazing how not transparent Ethereum Foundation is. I don't think like we know everyone that's part of it and they don't tell you, tell people anything about like their process or how their funds are allocated. How much money they have the funny thing now is that a lot of ethereum people are bashing on the ethereum foundation and they're saying vitalik's a dictator for life and they're they they themselves are complaining about the lack of transparency too really i, I didn't see that i haven't seen that much at all actually no me neither or maybe they're etc guys maybe, maybe they are the only thing i've seen from from ethereum people they're saying well, you know they're not transparent, so don't buy Ethereum if you don't want this kind of governance. Well, there's like one guy named Bob Summer or something. Is he Bob Summerwell? Oh um, no, but but he he switched to a uh, Ethereum Classic. Okay, so that makes sense that he's saying that. You know that they're not wrong though. I mean, like I think with a lot of these things, um, if you don't like it, don't buy it. But the problem is, um, we say that, but an ordinary person, like um, you know, uh, whatever hairdresser who hears about that new Ethereum thing and it's going to be the new Bitcoin, what do they really know about like, you know, governance and transparency and all that? They're just buying things based on on hype and based on what like their 12-year-old niece or nephew told them. So I think that that's, that's a, a, a deeply problematic environment to go, um, if you don't like it, don't buy it. You know, I mean, may, maybe the default should be don't buy it at all unless you understand it, but then no one would buy it. That's not, that's not in human nature. Yeah. Greed. People want to buy stuff. That's true for everything, right? Cryptos, stocks, and everything. So Yeah, that, that would have been the same for Tyrannos, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, see what I did there. <laughs> nice segue. 
Etheranos. <laughs> so, um... Speaking of, speaking of massive failures, let's talk about how not to be a massive failure when storing your coins. So, uh, let's talk about Etheranos. <laughs> okay, what's the story there? Well, that, that's, that's a kind of a running joke. Um, that's, I, I don't remember who started it. It was actually a long time ago, and now, now it's popped up again. Well, people were comparing Ethereum with Theranos and how it's very eerily similar. You have this uh, like charismatic... I don't know if that's the right word for Vitalik, but you have this person that's in the media representing the company, making a lot of promises and... Young young genius. Oh, young genius. Genius, thing, yes. yeah. Young, young genius. And then you have the company massively failing to deliver anything and raising a lot of money. So the idea was that um, Silicon Valley is like a blind spot for young geniuses. Mm-hmm. Oh, what? A blind spot, did you say? They have a blind spot for it. Yeah, they'll throw money at someone because they're like kids. Oh, okay. Um, and, uh, and I think this is... <laughs> This is this is the reason why um, Charlie and and I were never able to make Monero or Litecoin as successful as uh, Ethereum. It's because we're too old. Because we're too old. Yeah, we're geniuses. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> we're we're geniuses. Yeah, old geniuses. But but uh, we just we're too old. Yeah, that uh, makes sense. That was that was our issue. Yeah. At least we know. And uh, another good thing about the Ethereum drama was that they started comparing uh, Ethereum to uh, Blockstream itself. So. Um, <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Comparing a, co- a protocol to a company and then saying like Ethereum has delivered way more than Blockstream and has provided more value to its investors than uh, Blockstream. Which is honestly, this, that's very stupid. I mean, like, what does that even mean? <laughs> well, what they're comparing is how much was raised at different points in time and what was delivered. And for some reason, they think that uh, Ethereum people delivered a lot of stuff. And I mean, yes, there's a lot of junk out there, but what is actually usable and but but also isn't isn't it that i mean like the a lot of ethereum's value is derived from the hype around projects built on top of ethereum i mean when was the last time you heard hype around like ethereum delivering something like a new multi-sig scheme that doesn't lock everyone's coins up forever um or you know delivering some novel privacy thing or something they're not doing anything novel um on ethereum itself except bacon chain and pos both of which are terrible. And uh, and so the, the lack of novelty on Ethereum itself means that the value has to be accrued based on things built on top of it. Now, what's being built on top of Blockstream? You know, I mean, it's it's a company. Blockstream's building the stuff. So it's totally different. Well, apparently what's being built on, on Blockstream is Bitsy's uh, token, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I did it again. You're moving through the topics too fast. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm on a time limit, so I'm on a slight schedule. So, so Blockstream is not a protocol. They're comparing a protocol to a company. They're making all the wrong comparisons. But the ironic thing there is that they do function a lot like a company. You have somebody in charge. It's very centralized. And, you know, they need to manage this thing very centrally. So the the Bitsy token, I guess we can talk a bit about that. So uh, Bitsy, our sponsor uh, for prior episodes, is launching an exchange token on top of the Liquid network. So it's not on top of Blockstream; it's on top of uh, the network that we kicked off. But uh, you know, Roger's publication Bitcoin.com was saying that Blockstream is raising money with a Bitsy token, which is just uh, <laughs> lots of great reporting all wrapped up into one thing. Well, that's crypto reporting for you, right? That happens all the time. Yep. What was the what was the criticism of of this announcement? There was a big backlash. 
I, I, I guess it's mostly because, uh, well, I, I guess mostly because like uh, Blockstream, uh, a lot of Blockstream employees and uh, official accounts are like retweeting bitsy stuff. No, isn't, isn't that? We retweet like Liquid member stuff because they're doing stuff on top of Liquid. And of course, we retweeted this thing because it's a big vote of confidence in the tech and the platform. And I guess uh, people started uh, attacking us for supporting an ICO and we just started discussing it and people thought that we are promoting it. Like even Adam was, Adam Back was saying, you know, it's, it's like this and like this and like this. And people were just telling Adam, okay, now you're an ICO promoter. <laughs> is, is Bitsy one of the members of the um, Liquid Federation? Yeah, they are. And they just finished their integration. How many members are there right now? Uh, I think 30 somewhat members, 35 or 36, I can't remember, but it's around there. So, so more than EOS? <laughs> Slightly. Pretty big, actually. Uh, and more decentralized than EOS, too. That, that's not difficult. That's, not, that's really not an achievement. <laughs> like, my t-shirt's more decentralized than EOS. Yeah, but uh, I think a lot of the criticism was that uh, it's an ICO, but I think it's before that, it's actually a uh, exchange token which I don't think is scammy, especially if the exchange already exists, like uh, Leo or BNB. If it, it has a function, I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily. The biggest problem I think with ICOs are they just write, write, write a white paper and never launch it and just take money. It's kind of like BNB. Hmm? It's like Airbnb. Well, Binance token, right? Yeah. Yeah, but you can use Binance token on Binance. They, there's a practical use case for it, which is discounts. So is the is this token a, um, a utility token or a security token? It's a utility token based on their white paper. <laughs> Sorry, but I, <laughs> I, I I just think that everything that that's getting burned is a security because you're expecting profits anyway. I okay, so so that's that's an interesting topic, um, and and I think that there's definitely a weird line that the SEC hasn't even figured out yet. Um, but in general, yeah, like issuing a token is most likely a security in, I'd say, 80-90% of the cases. If you are selling that token, um, especially if you're selling it up front, you're, like you're selling a bulk portion. So I, I, that would make me kind of nervous uh, from a regulatory perspective. Then how about Leo? That doesn't mean it's scammy, by the way. That, that doesn't mean it's scammy. I mean, like, you know, if you want to issue an, 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 uh, a security and your lawyers say that it's not illegal then maybe you've done enough and, uh, and you know, the token has some real utility or whatever. Um, and then that's sort of the upper bound of what you can do. So, you know, but I mean, if the SEC comes knocking afterwards, it burns the, the company, it burns the investors. Um, chances are unlikely they'll get their money back. Yeah. But what do you think about Leo? They did, they sold that too. And it is a utility token. I think all of the, I think all of them are equally like they're on, on dangerous footing. Yeah, it's not clear. The, and and by the way, it's it's unclear. And also, the SEC takes time to build cases up. We've seen that already. Like it's taken them years to take action against some of these uh, these companies and ICOs. It's going to take them years to take action against others. Um, <clears throat> we don't know what's going on in the background, but these cases, like they build them up and then they bring the hammer down. Well, we'll see what happens. But I, I think there's there are far worse projects out there than an exchange token. Oh, for sure. Oh yeah, no no doubt, no doubt. Launching it on um, Liquid versus on Ethereum, what's the difference? You don't have double hard forks every two weeks. So easier to maintain? Anything else? Yeah, I think so. Well, you also have the benefit of confidential transactions too and scalability. So you won't have uh, CryptoKitties clogging up uh, your transactions. 
Yeah. It's faster, smoother. It's more scalable because it's it's federated, right? Yeah. So um, there's one more topic in this episode, and that's Hex. Uh, Richard Hart's latest scam, which is such an obvious scam that it was <laughs> even a surprise to most of us that uh, Bitcoin.com, the exchange, uh, su- like uh, supported it and added it to their exchange. So, well, let me ask you: Are you really surprised? Are you really, really? Yes. Really? I'm, I'm actually quite surprised that they would do something. <laughs> they would shoot themselves in the foot. I'm not surprised at all. That is no. It's really surprising to me. I am because because everyone immediately said like, ah, oh, this is this is an obvious Ponzi. This is a scam. It already went from six hundred sets to six sets, and then they listed. And Roger was like, but if you don't want to trade it, you don't have to trade it. Yeah, but you know, it's it's um, it seems to me that Roger's doing a um, the enemy of my enemy is my friend thing, and it's yeah. <laughs> not ready. It's not really the way it works. But that doesn't work. He'll have too many friends that way. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. No, but, but, but another point was that, that Roger actually, um, everyone who's friendly with Roger, he considers a friend. So they, everyone can basically screw him over that way. Because he also went on, on uh, Richard Hart's li- live stream and stuff like that. But apparently, it was the CEO of the exchange itself that said he listed it out of spite against like Peter McCormack. I think that guy's a fall guy. Yeah, probably. Whatever. It was a really stupid decision. I mean, I think they delisted it, right? Or I actually don't know what the current status is. But is it stupid though? We're talking about it on our show right now. Stupid for for Bitcoin.com? Yeah, I think I think it's pretty stupid. I mean, not all news is good news, right? It's <laughs> if they if they kept. If they didn't delist it right away, if they kept it and then like the thing like crashes and burns, then every like they're gonna get a lot of flack for it. So No, I I think the worst part for them is it's losing support of the community. Like the community was very vocal against it as well. You mean the Bcash community? Yeah, like the five people that didn't work for uh, Bitcoin.com. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like ninety ninety plus percent of the posts or the messages on RBTC were negative, right? Were saying this is a stupid move oh yeah the uh, roger got downvoted on like a bunch of stuff i mean that's like not a good look yeah that's that's funny not normal either so but i mean i think he i assume he heard a message loud and clear and he's going to delist it but who knows are you sure I'm, I'm not sure but i saw i saw something like i think they posted the video on youtube about them delisting it but there was the video was private and so people saw the message the title of the video saying that bitcoin.com is delisting it I actually, I don't know what the latest is. Me neither. I don't care. I t- just thought it was really funny that uh, you would su- list such a blatant scam. What's funnier is someone on RPTC said that it's Blockstream pulling the strings, causing Bitcoin.com <laughs> to, to list hex. <laughs> As usual. No, no, no. We caused them to list hex. Yeah. To ruin the reputation. Exactly. Yeah. What's that? What's that cartoon with the dude like riding the bike and he takes a stick and sticks the bike in the front <laughs> wheel? Yeah, that's basically it. <laughs> Damn Blockstream, right? Yeah, Blockstream is responsible for everything wrong. Famine, yep. world wars, everything. Yep. And on that note, on that very sad note, we'll end this episode. Should we play like a tiny little violin as the episode ends? Do, do, do. Okay. <laughs> what a depressing episode. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun though. Uh, okay. Uh, Bye. Stop recording. Bye.